Hey there, fellow pop culture nerds, Christian from the Proton Pack podcast here. Tony and I recently made the transition to host our podcast at anchor.fm, and they made switching from our previous podcast host an absolute breeze. Whether you're old pros like us or new to the podcast game, Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. In fact, you don't even need the complete tech setup that we use. Anchor gives you everything you need in one place for free. That includes creation tools allowing you to record and edit your podcast, which you can do right from your phone or computer, and it sounds great. They'll even distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard everywhere, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and many more. And as you gain traction with your show, you can easily make money from your podcast as well with no minimum listenership. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. And welcome to another episode of the Proton Pack Podcast. I'm Chris, and with me always is the Peter Venkman to my race stance, Tony. Say hey, Tone. Yo. <laughs> That's a good well, one. I guess yeah. that was more Ziggy. <laughs> you, uh, um, nope, now you lost your background there. Yeah, way to go, things. I got to set my timer off there. But, but please continue. Yeah, we uh, got the video working again, so we're uh, trying a couple things with the video. Tony's got his TV up and trying to uh, display some of the stories that we're going to be talking about. In the meantime, uh, we'll give a couple shameless plugs. Uh, the first is for my uh, dog rescue nonprofit. If you're a dog lover, uh, please go check out roughriders.org. That's R-U-F-F. R-I-D-E-R-S dot org. Um, our main mission is pulling dogs from kill shelters uh, across the western U.S. and uh, getting them fostered and adopted out. Uh, we're always looking for donations. We're looking for support. Uh, and you can also find us on our social media at uh, Rough Writers Saves. So that's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, the other one, uh, Tony does a weekly uh, radio show called pop culture kaboom if you want to throw a little uh information out for that tone yeah pop culture kaboom you can find us on um facebook at pop culture kaboom you can also look at our youtube show um host jimmy jones breaks up the segments for the youtube ones so you don't have to watch the entire long show i think he does like about an hour or two hour show um but he breaks it down in segments from con comic books video games i partake in the movie section so you can find that on youtube and uh, you can catch us on sunday nights on knbc.com and that is broadcasted out of carson city nevada um airtime is 8 p.m pacific and uh excuse me 7 p.m pacific time um and you can catch me about 7:45 typically or 7:30, to 7:45. okay very cool and then the last thing is uh, anybody who grew up in the 80s and 
we did. Uh, I started a apparel brand, uh, basically t-shirts, uh, paying homage to the uh, brands and some of the um, uh, television shows and stuff that we grew up with in the 80s and 90s. And that's uh, totally rad 1981. And uh, if you want some fun, nostalgic commercials and ads and, and uh, throwbacks to that period, follow us on our Instagram and on our Facebook, uh, totally rad 1981. Totally rad, man. Tubular. <laughs> All right. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and kick this off the same way we do each and every week with some television news. Uh, the first, as you can see uh, behind Tony, if you're watching us, is that uh, AMC has ordered a third Walking Dead series. Uh, you've got the original Walking Dead, which followed closely to the comic books. You have Fear the Walking Dead, which took a step away from that. And now you're getting a third show, which doesn't have a name yet. Uh, but they're basically saying that it features two young, <clears throat> sorry, two young female protagonists and focus on the first generation to come of age in the apocalypse as we know it. Some will become heroes, some will become villains. In the end, all of them will be changed forever, grown up and cemented in their identities, both good and bad. Uh, with that announcement, I mean, what's your thoughts, Tone? Um, oh, man, I'm, I'm usually not at a loss for words, but here's the thing. I, I love the Walking Dead universe in general, um, but the problem is, is I but the thing it might oversaturate it a bit. I don't think this is something that fans are really clamoring for. I mean, realistically, like, I just want to know, like, how in the hell did the apocalypse start anyways? Like, answer that story and then maybe branch off. Like, you're, we're just getting another perspective, um, this time from kids. And I think we've kind of seen that already on uh, on the regular Walking Dead. You you got to watch Carl evolve, you know, to be an innocent young kid then you know, learning how to survive the apocalypse. I mean, he had to kill his zombie mother and, you know, and he had to go through and oh, he always had the terrible hat and he lost his <laughs> eyeball and, you know, ultimately met his fate. And, uh, you know, sorry if you didn't watch any of those kind of spoilers for him, but I think in a roundabout way, I'm not overly excited about it. However, um, the reason why I have this graphic, if you're watching our YouTube or you're watching this on the show here, um, my suggestion is to to kind of make it like you did the uh, Telltale games. Um, they took a totally new Walking Dead story and a new um, hero was emerged in uh, Clementine. You know, they started out as this lost girl and she hooked up with this guy, Lee, who had escaped this. He was on his way to prison when the apocalypse happened and he broke out. Well, obviously, he got in a wreck and. You know, he's trying to find his way to redemption, came across Clementine, and throughout the video game series, you know, you get a really great story out of that. So I think if you did something along those lines, it might not be bad, but I think it's oversaturation with three series, because I fell out of uh, Fear the Walking Dead, and mm -hmm. uh, um, I know I just watched the trailer, and it seems kind of bonkers now, and they've taken cast-offs from the, the normal Walking Dead and thrown them on, and it just... I don't know. I, this is such a long-winded thing for me. <laughs> so let's keep it to a minimum. Like it, It's a meh. I, I'm not overly excited about it, no. But it will now, give me a chance to go. <laughs> now, uh, the current season of The Walking Dead is done, right? 
It is, yeah. They just finished uh, season nine. And do you see them moving forward? I mean, are there a number of seasons left based on the way they left it, or do you sort of see that one falling off and maybe this new show taking over for it? Oh man, I wish they would just do it. Um, let me just let me just say, if you watch season nine, I'm not going to spoil anything for anybody listening. I mean, you can go watch it, but the episode before the finale that they aired had such a bitching cliffhanger where it actually had me like, oh, whoa, wait, what? Like, they they killed that? What what are they doing? Wow. And it was like a total Game of Thrones type episode. Uh-huh. You know, if you, it's like the, it was like the Red Wedding. You know, it was crazy. It was just nuts. And they could have just left it like that. I mean, they could have just ended that season nine on that note, and it would have been great. It would have been kind of like when Negan... You know, had Hootie hit with the bat, and that left you like, oh my gosh, was it Glenn? Was it Abraham? Right, you had to wait six months before finding out. Yeah, so you were invested in the next one. Well, that wasn't the finale. The finale was they time-jumped again, and because of the results of what happened in that one, then there was falling out with certain characters, and then you still don't know who the main character is, and it just lost its footing, and... uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, they're, they are doing more. I just, I would love to see the original Walking Dead have a wrap-up. I, I would like to see, you know, how their story concludes, and maybe we get that with the Rick Grimes stuff. Um, if you're going to do a prequel, too, you know what I'd actually like, or I mean a third series? Can we get a show that shows how this all began? And not like a rushed one, like Fear the Walking Dead kind of took place as it was happening. Right, but not. But then they got so far how? away. From yeah. It. Yeah, I want to know what caused it. I mean, that's what I'm really interested in. I'm not. I'm not investing 20 years of my life to figure out what the hell happened. Like, <laughs> it's just that's just my take. It's very long winded. I'm very opinionated on the whole thing. So well, we we know what happened. It was the blue meth from uh, Breaking Bad. Yeah. Is that what caused it? <laughs> There's those theories that uh, yeah. that was the case, but uh, yeah. Well, you know, spoiler spoiler alert. It takes place in Carson City, right? <laughs> yes. Um, Come I mentioned la- to the nuggets and hands with me. I mentioned last week that uh, when I went to Wen- WonderCon, uh, walked in Same towards Wendover. the <laughs> Wendover, uh, WonderCon walked into the last bit of the panel for Fear the Walking Dead. Right. And like like you, I fell out of Fear the Walking Dead after the first season, just a lot of Walking Dead to try and keep up with. But we knew at the first season that it took place quite a bit of time apart from the original series. And so there wasn't a whole lot of crossover to be had. Right. Uh, based on what they were saying in the panel, it looks like time-wise they're much closer now. And, of course, you've got um, um, Morgan, and then you've also got uh, – oh, who was the guy on Negan's crew who had the scarred face? Uh, it was um, – oh, son of a biscuit. I was – it was – the guy with the iron face and the yellow hair. Oh my gosh, yeah. brain farting for a guy that's so invested. Um, <laughs> he was the um, Dwight. 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 Was his name. Yeah. Sorry. Gosh. So, in I any case, who, like I pictured his little face because I read the article beforehand. And I'm just like, what the hell, man? <laughs> but they teased that Fear the Walking Dead is now within maybe a month or two months within a 
continuity time-wise uh, to the original Walking Dead series. And so we may see more crossover. And it sounds like like what you said, it's going to be pretty bonkers. So, you know, if uh, you fell out of Fear of the Walking Dead, now might be a good time to get back into it. Yeah. Thinking a little recap at this point, I was kind of thinking about doing the same thing with Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. If you're a fan, if you're, if you're watching our show and you're listening to the podcast, uh, don't kill me. I've, I got four seasons into Game of Thrones. I really like it, but then life happened and I've kind of haven't gotten back in. But I It's hard to really keep up. Want to, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and also on uh, this season of Fear the Walking Dead, they have uh, Dharma. Uh, Jenna Elfman has joined the cast. Oh, nice. I, well, I can't wait till Greg gets on there. <laughs> do you remember like kind of a weird this is really dumb i don't even know i'm bringing this up but do you remember that crappy show grace under fire that was on I do. yeah yeah so they brett have brett butler. Uh, they have brett butler in uh, the regular walking dead oh no kidding yeah <laughs> that was funny because uh you know i saw jenna elfman was up there and it was hard to see you know we were back a little ways and i was like is that jenna elfman and then part of me was like you know, should I go up and ask her a question about being in uh, the Anthrax video Black Lodge? Oh, like, you should nah. have. That would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, moving on from The Walking Dead, um, <laughs> we've got uh, sort of the, necess- the necessity to get so damn close to, to the uh, microphone there. It works just as well from where you're sitting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know why I have to like go kiss it or hug it. So. <laughs> Uh, we have a bunch of uh, Disney Plus information coming out. Oh, boy. <laughs> so the first, <laughs> Go the first thing is that uh, Disney is getting ready to put together an investor meeting or investor day that uh, starts this Thursday, which is, as of recording this, tomorrow for us. And uh, we're expecting to get a lot of news out of that. Uh, namely, our hopes are the release date, and how much the service is going to cost. I mean, there's so much content. There's a lot of things they're doing. Uh, they also talked about a number of nonfiction projects that are going to be part of the service as well. So reality shows. Yeah. Okay, uh, good. I I see here the uh, the streaming plans at a glance. Uh, it looks like they're uh, how they're going to compete with. You know, what's funny is. Because they 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 own obviously ESPN and the Hulu's, yeah, big massive stake in Hulu. So mm-hmm. kind of nice to see what what they're offering here, and we'll share it up on our uh, Facebook page too. Obviously, yeah. doing the show will be posted by the time you listen to the show. But with any luck, in the next day or so, we'll get uh, pricing and timing. All, at this point, all they say is late 2019, but uh, we may get something uh, uh, a little more more concrete tomorrow. Uh, Speaking of projects that are going to be on there, and one that's exciting for Pixar fans, is that uh, Billy Crystal and John Goodman are getting back together for their Monsters, Inc. characters uh, for a new Monsters, Inc. animated series on the service set to premiere in 2020. (laughs) And they're bringing back a a number of the original voices as well with like a John Ratzenberger, Jennifer Tilly, uh, Bob Peterson um, as Rose, uh, twin sister to Roz, who you just (laughs) gave us the nice little impression for. Hi there. Hi, Chris. Hi. (laughs) Your golden voice, I see, huh? 
And uh, they're going to be bringing in a number of new monsters with uh, uh, new voice actors as well. Uh, you'll hear Henry Winkler on there and uh, hey. I- <laughs> Aisha Tyler. And so, again, if you're a Monsters, Inc. fan, if you're a fan of, um, uh, you know, those characters, you'll get a full series uh, set to premiere in 2020 on Disney+. Plus. Well, it looks forward to it. I'm already in. I mean, I'm already convinced in, uh, uh, on getting this plan. I can't wait to uh, post that on our page so you can see um, what the difference is between their other streaming services like ESPN and Hulu. But uh, it, it is going to be the exclusive streaming home for Disney, Pixar, Marvel, and Star Wars films, original shows. going to be cheaper than Netflix initially. Um, can't wait for all that, man. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be cool. Now, one of the other projects that they just announced uh, today, which is kind of exciting, is on the MCU side of their original series. We already knew they were working on a Scarlet Witch series. They were working on Loki and then Falcon and Winter Soldier. Well, they just announced a Hawkeye series, which will be anywhere from six to eight episodes. It'll feature Jeremy Renner. And we already know that in Avengers Endgame, uh, he's no longer Hawkeye. He takes on the Ronin personality. And apparently this series, and uh, you know, it's a limited series, is about Barton passing the torch to a character named Kate Bishop, who uh, takes on the moniker of Hawkeye, uh, is a female Hawkeye in the current iteration of the Marvel comic books. Do you think, based on the some of the teaser trailers we've seen, it um, like the one there's that scene where they're in that forest and they've got the girl that shoots the bow and arrow. Do you think that might be Bishop? Right they, there, they might be introducing her. You know, I'm really excited, and we'll talk about Endgame coming up here in a little bit. But uh, to see what they tease for the next phase and the next portion, because. Every MCU movie to this point has led up to Endgame. All of it was towards the matchup with Thanos. So what comes after that? And, you know, we can speculate here in a little bit, uh, but uh, I've got some theories of my own. Perfect. Can't wait to discuss that. That's going to be good. I'm excited for this show. I think, yeah, and here's one of the key things I really liked what you said about it. Limited series. This is not something that's going to go on year after year i just just limited series is great i want to hear the story i want to see how we get there it's great um on a quick tangent side note that has nothing to do with our show but i kind of felt that's what we they should have done with uh, motley Cruz the dirt instead of yeah. giving us a hour and 40 minute movie which was good movie they just uh, tried with, to cram too much into yeah, it yeah i would have loved just a mini limited series give me whatever album per album you know era per era whatever you want to do whether it's three episodes, four, whatever. Just tell the story in a more broad spectrum. Um, mm-hmm. If you have the uh, media outlet to do it, which obviously they did. So just a quick side rant. Well, I'm excited for this. Quick side rant to your side rant. Um, I just found out that uh, our mutual friend Shauna, uh, uh, Motley Crue the Dirt was one of her movies. She's working for Netflix now. Does she? Yeah. Nice. Good job, Hollywood. I hope you're listening. Hello, hello. So we might get a little bit of input through people we know, but not to the degree that we're going to make any sort of changes. Congrats to her. I remember when uh, I met her through you, she was with Universal. Mm -hmm. Remember that time we went and partied with the Hollywood stars at that hotel down in San Diego? Yeah, that was fun. It was fun. (laughs) I fell out of place (laughs) at the time. Now I would feel super good with it, you know. 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. Speaking of Hollywood. (laughs) um, Hollywood, oh yeah, it's time for the... Busters of the Week box office report with the Proton Pack podcast. That was a long one. That was. <laughs> that was agonizing. I'm sorry. It's even worse if you watch the damn video. <laughs> um, going into movies, we talk about the weekend box office as we do. The nice thing is that each week coming up now, things are shifting and moving and new number ones. And uh, it's going to get really exciting from here on out. Uh, the movie at the top of the box office, which we will provide our review on here in a little bit, no surprise was Shazam. Shazam! It, it opened here domestically with $53.4 million, which is respectable for a DC character that nobody knows. It's not Batman, it's not Superman, it's not Wonder Woman. Um, to put that in perspective, it's very similar to um, Ant-Man's opening weekend uh, for a Marvel character not many people were familiar with. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to hold that burp in, so that wasn't the uh, blast in our audience there. <laughs> and uh, it opened just a little bit behind uh, what Aquaman did at sixty-seven point eight million. So uh, it's it's getting great reviews. You know, we'll talk about it here with our review in a little bit. Um, but after that, we have the second place, which was the R-rated horror movie and remake uh, Stephen King's Pet Cemetery, And it opened with a, again, for a horror movie, respectable $25 million. Yeah, it's a great movie about pets that die that come back to life. <laughs> uh, number three was the live-action Dumbo movie, which fell all the way to third place with $18.2 million. Uh, If you're watching the video, Tony's doing his Dumbo impression. Yeah. For those of you listening... It does you ain't missing you. anything, that's for damn sure. Yeah, yeah. You're missing this ugly mug, make a weird dumb face. <laughs> <laughs> and a bad elephant noise. In fourth place is Jordan Peele's R-rated thriller, Us, with $13.8 million. <laughs> I haven't seen it myself, so I assume that's uh, a nod to the movie. Well, let's come up. To the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In fifth place, we have C- Captain Marvel with twelve point six million. Yeah, she's slipping a bit, but nonetheless, still a damn impressive um, domestic total. That's yeah, seventy-four point one million. Hanging in there. All right. And then I'm going to rattle off the rest of the top 10 pretty quickly here. In sixth place is a new PG-13 drama called The Best of Enemies with Sam Rockwell and Taraji P. Henson. Yeah, it's the time I hung out with my ex-wife. Uh, seventh place, five feet apart. And I still want to stay seven feet apart. Eighth place, unplanned. Oops, I did it again. <laughs> um, ninth place, Wonder Park. Oh, man, that thing has now got cobwebs, but we're still open for business. And 10th place hanging on in there is How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. They're still making babies. So, uh, that last one was so lame. They're still uh, making babies. Who cares? Uh, We have forward to this week is the opening of the R-rated Hellboy. So will Shazam hold on to the number one spot, or will Hellboy dethrone him? Hellboy will dethrone you, Shazam. (laughs) (laughs) 
So we're going to talk about uh, a couple reviews. You know, the nice thing is we got a chance to see a couple movies each over the weekend. Um, I'll start with uh, one I saw just yesterday was uh, Pet Cemetery, and so this is a uh, reiteration, reimagining, reboot, if you will, of Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. That uh, the book came out in 1983. They did a movie that was actually written by Stephen King in 1989, and uh, now we've got a new one that uh, stars uh, Jason Clark uh, and John Lithgow. And it was what I expected. You know, it's very much along the same vein as the recent It movie. You know, it's not a bunch of jump scares and 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 gross out horror. It plays more to the the thriller elements, the uh, thoughts of. Um... <laughs> <laughs> well, this ep- your review. This episode, you really need to watch the video. Uh, Tony's uh, in rare I form. I'm Bob. <laughs> oh my god that hurts but uh, <laughs> a, lo- a lot of the themes of stephen king's stories are what's scarier the supernatural or humanity and uh, this sort of continues that along um this one deals a lot with guilt and the fear of loss and uh they do really well they change up some of the hokier things that uh appeared in the 1989 movie of course with the movie they can't fit all of the elements of the book into it and they obviously set it up for a sequel or prequel at this point but uh, i think they treated it really well they made a few little twists and changes that you know if you enjoyed the book um, and you haven't watched the trailer (laughs) um, you may not see coming and they also gave a lot of really good nods to not only the 1989 movie but to stephen king in uh, particular did they say the line you'll fail that's no fail. No. <laughs> no, but I, know, uh, I thought about that. I just remember uh, when when little Gage, when that happened to him, and they came back later. No fail. You know, no fail. <laughs> then he went on to say, "Girls have a vagina, boys have a penis." Or that, I have that line up. It was reversed. That was Pet Cemetery too, right? Yeah. <laughs> Starring John Connor. Yeah. That 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 little kid actor got so much work in that '90s. Oh yeah, he did. He was Full House, dude. The 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 new version of that is that McKenna Grace that was in. Oh uh, no, kidding. Yeah, you know that'll be in Ghostbusters and yeah. uh, was in. Yeah, definitely. I'm surprised she's not in this. <laughs> but uh, if you enjoy horror movies, if you enjoy Stephen King, it's well worth a watch. Um, as I said before, we are in the golden age of horror movie reboots, and this one uh, definitely helps cement that uh speaking of horror movies tony you had a chance to see us and i'm curious to get your thoughts ah uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> do you like that if you're watching the video i'm having a little fun with the background there no nope. um i went in excited with it actually i had just recently watched get out jordan peele's movie and that movie was just the, the twist at the end i was like what the hell it was weird. It was definitely, he's perfect for the Twilight Zone. I, yeah. Right then and there, I'm like, they got the right guy for that. That's for damn sure. Um, So us, I, I went and saw it, and uh, the trailers just made it seem so creepy. And and, and it was a creepy movie. You're going to go in there. Um, it's very weird, very creepy. However, I got I to gotta, I gotta knock it at the end, though, and I'm not going to spoil it. 
but I'm still confused. Okay. I'm still I'm still lost. I know there's a lot of tones and and stuff to it, but kind of how it ends, I look back and I'm like, well, then why did they even do X or why did they do A B if we're just gonna do if we're gonna skip C and do D? It just it made it didn't make sense to me. The ending threw my brain for a not like a whoa like oh my god wow what a weird ending. It was just like an ending where I was like, well. How am I supposed to process that? Like, this is a movie. You're not supposed to process these things. You're just supposed to be like, holy crap. Um, so without overly thinking that, um, very creepy. Um, the explanation for the doppelgangers, I'm not really impressed with. It just didn't make sense to me. But, um, but definitely some creepy acting. And um, you know, the lead, the lead actress. I got to cheat and look at her name here. Um. Because it's uh, Lupita Nyong'o, Nyong'o, and, uh, <laughs> and I mean it's her and her husband was uh, Mutamba or Mumbai from uh, Black Panther. Right. I'm terrible with these names. I apologize. Um, she did a great job, man. She did. Mm-hmm. Her normal character was great, and when she played the wacky doppelganger, that's how she talked a lot. It's pretty spot on impersonation there. I'm pretty well, sure. Well, e- even with your slightly confusing non-spoiler review of it, uh, I am still intrigued to go check it out. Oh yeah. Um, I now, would say a matinee, uh, mm-hmm. or if you want to wait for Netflix. I'm not saying don't see it. It wasn't bad. I mean, it was good. It was creepy. It was entertaining, and I loved the soundtrack. There is actually uh, there's this death scene. Oh, I gotta give one kind of spoiler. There's one death scene. I'm not going to say who dies, but there's a death scene and uh, they kind of do a tongue in cheek. You know, it's not Siri. It's called something else in the movie, but it's along uh-huh. the lines of Siri or Alexa. And the lady's getting killed. I'm sorry. It's a lady. I'm not going to say who, but shush <laughs> <laughs> with the spoilers. And uh, she said, call the police. Well, then in wacky fun humor, it doesn't call the police. It just drops NWA's. F the police. I'm not going to say that in the real world, but it was uncensored. So during the murder scene, it was F the police. F them. F them. And it was just, that was pretty entertaining, <laughs> actually, That's for funny. a death scene. Yeah. <laughs> um, I do recommend seeing it. Absolutely. It just don't overthink it like I did. I'm just, I still am trying to process. I looked at the, the reports online to try to get it, and I still don't get it. So <laughs> Now, did you walk out of there feeling sort of the same way that I felt uh, seeing Unbreakable? You know, M. Night Shyamalan's Unbreakable, where, you know, you come off the Sixth Sense and it had this huge twist ending. And then you see his next movie and it had sort of a twist ending, but it was like uh, I was expecting more at the end. Yeah, I was expecting it to have a much cooler twist or something I can more wrap my head around as opposed to what I got. Because at the end, it just you'll see what I mean. You'll see it and you'll go, okay, yeah, I don't know why they did that. It's just a weird ending. That's all. All right, I'll check it out. Now, the other movie uh, that we both got a chance to see was this week's number one. It was Shazam with Zachary Levi and Mark Strong. And I enjoyed the hell out of this movie. It was DC sort of finding their stride, figuring out, okay, you know, we don't have to go the dark Zack Snyder route and everything's grim and and overly serious. And they played a little bit with the humor in Aquaman, but... 
Shazam definitely took that step towards that right mix between humor and action and heart that uh, the Marvel MCU movies have. And so, uh, you know, with it being a lesser known character, I think they treated it very well. There were a number of things in there for people who understand the um, the way Shazam has come through being basically a character named Captain Marvel for almost 100 years and then losing the rights to that name. And so it's uh, it was fun. It was good popcorn movie, saw it in a Dolby Atmos uh, uh, surround sound. Um, and, and I had a lot of fun, you know, it's, will I go see it again? Probably not. Uh, you know, I'll probably wait till it comes out on digital, but, uh, good job for DC. They're, they're headed in the right direction. Yeah. I second that. Um, I, I wrote on my horrible movie reviews. You can find on Facebook. Some of those horrible movie reviews. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, <laughs> um, finally a fun DC movie. Um, I don't think it's up to Marvel standards just yet. But they're finding their stride, and I totally agree with you. Um, the movie takes a relatively unknown character, like we discussed, where they took Ant-Man that was not relatively known and made it a good, funny movie and enjoyable. Um, it adds a good story, good humor. Uh, pros that I thought in the movie, um, it was funny. I mean, it yeah. was hilarious. Um, there's lots of Batman, Superman, and Aquaman references throughout the movie. Um, one of my favorite parts was when they chucked the batarang, and, uh, <laughs> you know, and it hit him. And and then there was another funny scene where he's like, did you steal my Superman bullet? It's completely authenticated. It's worth 600 bucks. And it was just this bullet that was super right? <laughs> yeah. Um, I thought that Zachary Levi and uh, Jack Grazer have really good chemistry together, a.k.a. that's uh, the ones that played Freddy and Billy. Um, little Darla is a scene stealer too, man. Yeah, she, she is. She was great. She was fantastic. Um, it's just enjoyable all around. Now the knocks I will give, cause I'm not going to tell you I loved every aspect of it. Uh, the villain was lame. Just, it was a lame villain. And, and what I mean by lame is the CGI of the seven deadly sins just were awful looking to me. They were, they weren't great. It, no, it was like, it reminded me of a mix of, scooby-doo live action meets the <laughs> crappy ghostbuster reboot and you kind of got something like that but the thing that really like weirded me out where i was like not only do they look bad but when they were like we will get you but their voice didn't move it was like their the mouths yeah. was coming out and it just stared at you and i'm like what the hell so you know if i'm nitpicking i thought that part was i thought that was dumb i didn't like that but um and there's some scenes in the beginning that struggled to be like they, they filmed it in real dark areas like most DC movies. And mm -hmm. it's like, oh, man, if this is supposed to be a light. And one other thing I love to throw out there is this movie resembled one of my favorite movies from the 80s, which was big um, with Tom Hanks. And there was two kind of, I think, nods at it. Definitely. The fight scene in the toy store and they stopped on the piano to fight. Good throwback to uh, big. And then the whole fact that, you know. Uh, Zachary Levi's character Billy was is actually 14 or 15 mm. and uh, he's he's an adult and stuff um I gave it uh on my horrible review page four out of five uh, lightning bolts um there's two poised two poised two poised credits uh for your uh enjoyment. yeah Marvel style uh, but I really dug it and uh, I like where it's going and I love the fact that DC finally said you know what the DCE universe sucks 
let's just go with what we know and or you know let's just work on positives let's just make a good movie not saying they can't build a dc universe off all this down the line i like what they're doing with it so great job to dc kudos yeah yeah no i agree um sort of side tangent as far as names go um and you'll see where i'm going here in a second uh really going back to pet cemetery it was funny you know i read the book when i was in high school i enjoyed the movie it wasn't until i was sitting there watching this movie that i realized that cemetery is spelled wrong in pet cemetery so over the you know 20 years since i read the book um never realized it and uh so i looked it up and it uh stephen king basically said that you know because you know the children of this town are the ones who are the keepers of the cemetery you know they don't have the best diction and so you know they um they spelled it wrong for that reason so that was one one thing that sort of blew my mind the you other can't. in the other in shazam and uh, my oldest boy actually brought this up and he schooled me on it which is rare for anything comic book related is that the name shazam is actually an acronym of uh, mythological heroes so the s is solomon h is hercules uh, a is um, Atlas, Z is Zeus, the other A is Achilles, and M is Mercury. And so I had no idea until uh, my son brought that up. Dang, that was a hell of a catch, man. Yeah. <laughs> Way to raise the next gen, buddy. That I, know, good. I know. Good job, Corey. He's doing me proud. Yeah. Gets the shout out of the week for that one. Yep. So uh, with Shazam doing so well the opening weekend, it's expected to uh, continue doing well. It's no surprise that uh, they've already reported that Henry Gaiden, the uh, screenwriter for uh, the first movie, is coming back to write the screenplay for the follow-up, the second one. And uh, we'll probably see David F. Sandberg and Peter Safran back as well. And so my guess is in the next two years we'll get a follow-up. And my hope is, fingers crossed, that we'll get the introduction of um, The Rock's Black Adam. And he was an executive producer on this. And my guess is they probably saved him as the villain for the second movie as opposed to coming out, you know, big in the first one and overshadowing Zachary Levi, basically. No, and I think that's great. When I found out that The Rock actually produced it, I was I was shocked and impressed. I mean, great job. Great job, Dwayne. <laughs> So, and uh, if you stick around for one of the post-credit scenes, you'll see a longtime Shazam villain uh, make a little cameo, but uh, we won't spoil it. No, you go see it. It's worth it. You'll enjoy it. Actually, yeah. by the sounds of it, uh, Proton Pack would recommend all three movies being seen in theaters. So uh, some good stuff to see, because there's really, other than Hellboy this week, there's not much coming out. And then next week's like, Le La Roma. So like you got a couple you got a couple of weeks to get caught up on a few uh flicks because there's there was an awful lot released in the last like two to three well by the time this might post uh the you know th this week's movies should be out so right we're right. shooting on a wednesday here yep yep all right uh the next stain in the uh, dc universe uh, we've talked a lot about uh, james gunn uh, helming the suicide squad which is the sequel maybe reboot uh tony go ahead and give us that uh theme song as the nerd world turns it's another james gunn story on the proton pack podcast oh yeah 
<laughs> so it was reported a couple weeks ago that Idris Elba was coming in to take over the role of Deadshot uh, from Will Smith. And then, uh, you know, sort of leading to the fact that it was a total reboot. Then last week, we reported that Jai Courtney is coming back as Captain Boomerang uh, and Viola Davis is coming back as Amanda Waller, which now goes back to, is it a sequel? Well, this week, it has been said that uh, Idris Elba is not playing Deadshot. He will play a completely different character. And this obviously keeps open the chance that will smith could come back as the character as well so again we have no idea if it's a reboot or a sequel uh but we do know that idris elba is not dead shot and uh, it'll be interesting to see what character he actually plays yeah well with james gunn behind the helm i'm excited to see this i know we've said that so and with the recent track record um well now shazam really starts aquaman did well um I think they're going to kind of forget trying to tie this and ignore, because that's why they were trying to do is tie it into the universe. And it just, yeah. it, it was rushed. It didn't favorite. work. Yeah. yeah. And I think you're still going to see Harley Quinn in it in some form or fashion. So yeah, that'd be good. I mean, obviously she was the best part of the, the oh, first one. Great. And I, I'm not looking forward to her next movie though. No, offense. no, no. I think this thing looks like poop. <laughs> but we'll reserve judgment because I mean we watched the uh, the Joker trailer and that was it was a little uh, it was a, lot. a little bit better than we thought. It yeah, would be. yeah, yep. And then uh, you know the other casting that we talked about is we know Dave Bautista is going to be playing a role. Obviously, he's friends with uh, um, James Gunn, and so again we don't know what role he's going to play, but he is another actor that is confirmed for it. Now speaking of Dave Bautista, uh, obviously. You know, he has left WWE, apparently officially uh, over WrestleMania this weekend. Yeah, he wrestled his last match. Yeah. I think it was a last match. I think he was just like a uh, a quote-unquote fight, like a last man standing match with Triple H. Yeah. So. Well, apparently he tweeted out that he was going out on top. And so my guess is we probably won't see him in WWE, at least for a while. But, yeah, uh, yeah, he's retired from the in-ring stuff. Yeah, we know he is concentrating on his acting career. He's obviously coming back as Drax in the next Guardians movie, probably Endgame as well. Uh, we know that he's going to be in the Suicide Squad. And he also is going to be in a new Zack Snyder-directed project uh, for Netflix uh, called Army of the Dead. And it's said to be a zombie heist film uh, that uh, Snyder is making with uh, just a $70 million budget. And so, uh, you know, you get a good director with Zack Snyder, at least his visual style. His storytelling, for me, leaves a little bit to be desired. But uh, Batista is definitely making a name for himself as, as an ex-wrestler, uh, now a good actor. Yeah, what's crazy, you think about it. He's doing good. The Rock's done amazing. And John Cena's actually starting to come into his own, too. So, you know, yeah, kind of yeah. cool to see some of these wrestlers that we watched, you know. Um, he's not as bad as uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper in like no, <laughs> yeah. I think back then you look at you know Piper and Hogan and they weren't great. You know, even no. Macho Man had a better run and he only had that cameo. We remember in the original Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna get you! Oh yeah, Bosa's gonna get you! I forgot about that till you just brought it up. That's yeah. hilarious. The only movie I can think of that he was at in actually. Yep. Yep. 
So, uh, yeah, if you're a fan of Dan, Dave Batista, Zach, Dan Batista, that's his Dan Batista. <laughs> um, keep your eyes open for their Netflix movie, and I'm sure that uh, we'll report on it once we see a trailer and a little bit more on. Um, if, we had music, if we had music and copyright approval, we would play a theme song right now that you would probably know. We would, and, uh, well, at least those of you who are old enough to remember it. So MGM just released their first trailer for the animated Adams Family film. Now, if you grew up in the 80s and 90s like we did, you'll remember Adams Family and Adams Family Values, which were, uh, you know, fun, fun little movies that, uh, you know, played off the 1950s, 1960s television series. And you had Gomez and Morticia and Pugsley, Wednesday and Uncle Fester. And so there's been a generation of kids who haven't gotten to enjoy it. Well, now there is an animated feature coming out that looks pretty good, and it's got some great voice talent. So you've got Oscar Isaacs as Gomez, Charlize Theron as uh, Morticia, Chloe Grace Moretz as Wednesday, Finn Wolfhard, Tony's favorite person, as Pugsley. Wolfhard! Yeah, buddy! (laughs) Nick Kroll as Uncle Fester, and Bette Midler as Grandma. And so you've got some great voice cast and the directors of um, the Seth Rogen animated comedy Sausage Party who are directing it. And so uh, MGM doesn't have a long history of animated features, but uh, maybe this will put them on the map, you know, at least uh, illumination level. Yeah, I'm surprised Paramount doesn't have the rights to them anymore because they're the ones that did uh, the two good live action movies. Well, but, Paramount might be the distributor, so Paramount... Oh, that's right. We talked about this. They're not exactly. the studio, but the distributor. That's right. Correct. Um, so, yeah, it uh, looks like this is more of a take on the animated series, right? Because Gomez is fat in this. Yeah. Well, if you can see here, if you're watching uh, the, the show on YouTube, you can see he's fat in the background here, but... Uh, and Tony will post... Tony will post the trailer yeah, on our uh, social our media. Facebook page, yeah. So you can see that there. But um, nonetheless... Uh, yeah, it'll be a good time. Um, it looks all right to me. I'll watch the trailer. I might give it a shot. We'll see. Yeah, maybe I'll take the kids to see it, but it's not something I'd probably go out on my own to see. Yeah, no, it's not something I'm like, dude, we got to talk about that this week. It was like, dude, this just came up. Should we talk about it this week? <laughs> yeah, well, why not? Might as um, well. It didn't take up too much time. No, no, you know, it was really easy, really easy to talk about, and uh, it gave us some filler for uh, for the show, so that's always a good thing. Yep. Uh, so, along to you, peeps. Sounds good. Uh, it's no surprise that we are very excited about the upcoming Ghostbusters um, sequel with Jason Reitman. And it looks like in a lead up to that, uh, they are getting ready to release a um, Ghostbusters 4K reissue, which includes both Ghostbusters 1 and 2. And it's going to have a load of extra features, uh, including uh, six rare and newly unearthed deleted scenes, uh, raw takes, um, the exhibitor reel, commercials, uh, a moment with the stars, uh, the original trailer, stereo audio, um, fan commentary, um, commentary from Ivan Reitman and Dan Aykroyd. Uh, Apparently, they did an appearance on the Oprah Winfrey show back in 1989. Uh, and the uh, rare unfinished teaser trailer. So if you're a fan of Ghostbusters like we are, and you were waiting to get it on the next-gen video platform 4K, this will definitely be a treat for you. 
I, I'm a dork. I'm there's like two sets of movies I'd buy over and over. Well, Star Wars too probably, but um, it's Ghostbusters. I had it on VHS. I had it on DVD. Had it on Blu-ray. Now I'm gonna begin it on 4K. Why? Because I love it. Yeah, I mean it's. And Back to the Future would be the same way. I would do the same thing with that. It's, yeah. That's that's one of my faves. Yeah, definitely uh, one of my favorite movies or movie series of all time. And uh, you know, it's nice that we're getting back into that Ghostbusters fever, uh, and it's uh, good timing wise uh, leading up to the new movie. Well, the good thing is, is uh, if you happen to be out there, uh, I don't know how you would get in, but um, it's set for a June 11th release. So um, they're going to have a Ghostbusters Fan Fest down at the Sony Studio lots. So if you're oh, very cool. June 7th and 8th, you can partake in a Ghostbuster Fan Fest out there. Um, I know you go to California more often than I do, so it might be up your alley. I'll be in Florida. So I won't be able to attend, but... Um, there's going to be an international live orchestra tour for the original film throughout the end of the year. So that, those are fun. That should be a lot of fun to sit in there and just hear all the scores and music. I mean, I'm sure they would show images while you're watching. It, it would be yeah. enjoyable, I think. Typically what they do is uh, like Danny Elfman does it with his movies. They do it with like Harry Potter is they will play the movie on a giant screen in the background. And play then they've got the. Yeah, play. <laughs> They have the orchestra playing the score live. And so you're watching the entire movie, but you're hearing the music live. And it's so much fun, if, especially if you enjoy you know, movie scores. Dang, I should have went to Star Wars live because they just did that at the uh, arena down the road from here. And I was like, different? Yeah. No! Okay. <laughs> when it comes around, maybe uh, Ghostbusters will come to Denver with it. No, oh, I would go to that in a heartbeat. That or Back to the Future. Yep. All right, moving on, uh, you know, we know a couple weeks ago that uh, Fox had officially taken over the rights to, uh, sorry, Disney had officially taken over the rights to Fox uh, Entertainment Properties, <laughs> which put a lot of their projects sort of into limbo as far as are they going to continue, what are they going to do with them, and so uh, Disney chairman Alan Horn has come out uh, basically at last week's CinemaCon to help reassure fans that uh, they are moving forward with Fox projects, namely uh, the Planet of the Apes franchise and the Alien franchise. And we know that Ridley Scott is working on uh, the sequel to the prequels of uh, you know Prometheus and Alien Covenant, uh, and that they started working on a Planet of the Apes movie as well. A couple other properties that they mentioned were um, continuations of Kingsman, Maze Runner, and we know, of course, James Cameron's working on the next few Avatar movies. Um, so Disney has made a commitment to continue those franchises that we love. And uh, I, I think they'll they'll treat them right and they'll give them you know, what they deserve. I hope so. Um, I'm not worried about it at this point. They're, they're releasing information and we'll just have to wait and see. That's a huge uh, acquisition there. They got quite the properties there. They do. They do. Uh, now, moving on to uh, our trailer of the week, and speaking of Disney, is one of their animated, sorry, live-action remakes of their animated features. So we know Dumbo came out last week. It didn't do very well. Uh, we've seen the second trailer for Aladdin. Now we're seeing the second trailer with more story on The Lion King, and it's directed by Jon Favreau, and 
it's our trailer of the week. I am impressed to hell with the CG. You know, every oh. character you see in there is a CG character, and they look about as real as you can get. Yeah, it, uh, I mean, it just looks... Um, you know, when I first saw, like, the, the initial trailers, I was like, ah, it looks okay, you know? Oh, it doesn't look... I'm sorry, I'm not trying to play the trailer, but it's playing. <laughs> um, not fair. It starts out like he's in the bat, the wastelands in the beginning, and uh, just the whole um, seeing like this little CG little Simba go in there, and you see Scar with the wicked Scar, and then you see the hyenas. Man, it just it looks great. I'm quietly letting it play so I can calm, you know, little get a little trigger here. Um, <laughs> I don't yeah. think we can show the trailer, so. No, and I mean, they've got uh, it's a great voice cast, Donald Glover, Seth Rogen, Chiwetel Ejiofor, uh, Michael, uh, Keegan-Michael Key, Amy Sedaris, James Earl Jones, um, Alfred Woodard, Billy Eichner, Beyonce, Eric Andre, uh, John Oliver. And uh, even at the end of the trailer, you get a little peek on what uh, Timon and Pumbaa are going to look like. And um, I'm, I'm excited for it. I think it's going to do well. I think it's going to do really well. Um, it's crazy to me that Disney's doing both Aladdin and um, Lion King in the same summer. Whew. I, I'm surprised they didn't save one for like later in the year or, you know, drop it early. It, I mean, they had Dumbo, which that's not really... When you talk to most Disney fans, Dumbo's not one of those where people are super excited because it was right. such a sad story in general where... You know, our generation, we grew up loving Aladdin and we grew up loving the Lion King and stuff. And Hakuna Matata was such a big thing. <laughs> I'm watching as the trailer's quiet, quietly just playing on my phone right here. Um, it's cool to see the evolution of that scene for Hakuna Matata where it was young Simba with Pomona and Tumba. And as they're going, as they progress, I mean, they're almost spot first spot of what the animated uh, movie was and uh and i think that's what the fans are expecting is they really want to pay homage to uh the animated feature that we we love so much oh yeah um timon looks great man yeah uh, i think like so pumba is going to be voiced by uh seth rogan right like that's what yeah think. and i yeah. think keegan michael key is um timon timon yeah, I think they're going to be scene stealers, just like they were back when we were kids watching the cartoon. And um, yeah, I can't wait to. I'm looking forward to it. I really liked The Lion King growing up, and I loved Aladdin. So there's two surefire hits, nonetheless. It's going to make a ton of money, money and we'll put the trailer up on our Facebook page and uh, just check it out. It's definitely a much better trailer. Um, so right. happy to see it. And it'll be interesting to see what uh, Disney does for their live-action remakes moving forward. I know they're working on a Mulan movie, um, but what's coming after that? You know, are we going to see The Little Mermaid? Um, I, know. I think they are working on that. I think that's somebody that, something that uh, people are clamoring for as well. Yeah, I think that one could do really good. Um, I'd like to see Hercules. Hercules could be good. That would be a fun one. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what else they have. I mean, they've they've done like they've already done 101 Dalmatians a long time ago. And I don't want to see that again. It's, but uh, you know, they just don't do the sequels to Aladdin or Lion King because the sequels sucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
All right. Uh, moving on, sticking with Disney. So um, last weekend, again, at CinemaCon, Disney came out and they revealed their release schedule for 2019. And something that popped up on there that uh, was a big question mark for uh, something we've talked about a number of times is the New Mutants movie. Obviously, it was with Fox. They moved the release date around a bunch of times. They reported that it may be released straight to Hulu. Um, and it's a X-Men spinoff in more of a horror theme. And we're seeing with the release schedule that it's it looks like it's coming out in theaters in 2019 and based on where it's placed my guess is it's going to land somewhere at the end of july so you see the lion king on there which uh that comes out june 19th and then right after it, you have artemis fowl which comes out august 9th and so in between that is the new mutants um again i'd expect to see that probably the end of july and it's nice that it, it will be getting a theatrical run yeah, it's funny that Stuber movie. Um, I was like, at first, I was like, "What the hell is Stuber?" That goes back to Dave Bautista. He's like a undercover agent, and he's in an Uber. Uh, <laughs> and, and actually, the trailer it actually is pretty funny looking. So, that's, well, that's the Bautista one. The other thing looking at this, which is interesting, so it says Walt Disney Studios release schedule. In there is Blue Sky Spies Like Us, or Spies in Disguise, um, not the not the Chevy Chase Dan Aykroyd movie from the 80s. But uh, Blue Sky is the animation studio that did, like, the Peanuts movie. I didn't realize that Disney owned them. Do they own them? Oh, man, I don't know. We'll have to, uh, I, I guess. Well, I'm, I'm right here. I can just Google it for us while we're doing the show. <laughs> I'm actually excited for Ford versus Ferrari. When you're looking for a good time, Ford versus Ferrari is coming to theaters. <laughs> well, I'm excited for the one that's at the end of the list, which, uh, again, we'll talk about here in uh, a couple minutes. But uh, while you're looking that up, we will move on to the next story, which is Avengers Endgame. It's obviously... Uh, they did. They now own it. So they it do. Another animation studio. So yeah, Blue Sky Studios um, was a subsidiary of the 20th Century Fox of animation, okay. and now it's a division of Walt Disney Studios, owned by the Walt Disney Company now. So that makes sense. All right, uh, staying in the House of Mouse, uh, talking about Avengers Endgame. Oh! <laughs> it is no surprise that this is probably the most anticipated MCU movie, and now we've got hard numbers to back that up. So uh, Fandango came out and said that. Avengers Endgame outsold Infinity War five to one in its first week. And I mean, that's huge. That's and we were even saying, oh, <laughs> we were even saying last week that uh, at this point, since I haven't gotten my tickets yet, I might have to wait a week before even having a chance to see Endgame. Dude, it's nuts. I, I think you'll be okay. I think if you go to your local theater, you're in Sparks. I'd get down there on an early show, and you should be all right. Right. Well, I've uh, got the freedom that I can go in the middle of a weekday, and so that's going to be my best bet. Well, I won't spoil it for you. That's it. I'm going opening night. Oh my gosh, the what? I like. I wanted to see it in Dolby surround, like the big, the big mama jama. But to get tickets was it, the AMC app kept crashing. And then I tried to use Fandango, and Fandango was crashing. Um, but I didn't end up getting just two regular seats opening night. Uh, 
for that or pre-opening night. So I'll be seeing it on that Thursday, the the 24th, is that? I think it's 24th because it comes out the 25th. Yeah. Um, so then I'm also going to see it that Sunday with my family. They wanted to see it. So we were able to get early morning Sunday tickets. So I'll be able to see it twice, but I'm not going to spoil it. And this nice. is one of those just – I remember seeing uh, in, um, Infinity War five times in the theater. So I can anticipate, <laughs> I can anticipate that I'm going to be seeing this a couple times. So Yeah. Well, I'll have my boys that weekend, so I'm definitely going to try and get in and see it with them. Um, we saw Infinity War together. They loved it. And, uh, you know, they're a little bit younger than the PG-13 cutoff, but uh, they enjoy the, the hell out of these movies. Um, Can't real... believe it sold. Endgame outsold Infinity War 5-1 to one in the first week. That's insanity. Yeah. Now, I want to do a little speculation here. We talked about uh, a little bit earlier in the show that everything led up to this point and that moving forward, there's going to be a new storyline that the MCU is going to move towards. And my theory is it's going to be moving towards a X-Men versus Avengers. My hope is that they're going to tease at the end of this, the inclusion of the X-Men mutants. And then it hit me the other day that the character Rogue in X-Men, the way that she got her powers of um, flight and super strength was that she stole the powers from Captain Marvel, or at that time, Miss Marvel, who was uh, Kara Danvers, which would be a great inclusion into this MCU of, uh, you know, basically the end of the Captain Marvel trilogy or, or franchise. And so that's sort of my speculation, um, and it's something I would love to see. Well, and then I, Jimmy tested me, he, you know, what is Thanos, you know? And I was like, well, I don't see it. He's a Cree, a Titan, you know, and he's actually a mutant. He's one. He's the only one. So he is actually a mutant. So yeah, and we know we're getting a Eternals movie. So the Eternals were the uh, different Titans, if you will, that uh, originally formed uh, each of the different uh, infin Infinity Stones. And so we're getting a movie based around that. And rumor is that uh, Angelina Jolie may be uh, joining that cast. More more superstardom. I mean, you're gonna have to replace because they're gonna lose quite a bit after this one, um, whether they die or whether it's just the contracts. I mean, it's unfortunately the end for quite a few of our heroes. So we'll see. I'm excited. Two weeks away. Today. Yeah, yep. We'll uh, no sooner than later. At least maybe the direction that they're gonna be heading after this. So yes. uh, that's what I'm excited about. Uh, one of the movies we know that they're definitely working on for the next phase is a standalone Black Widow movie, which uh, brings, Scar Black Widow! <laughs> brings Scarlett Johansson's character into the forefront. Uh, we found out that David Harbour is going to appear in that movie and on a um, uh, media tour, which he's doing for his Hellboy movie right now, he's saying that uh, the movie is scheduled to start filming in June of this year, uh, which means that we'll either see it uh, end of next year or uh, early 2021. And so uh, how do you feel about a standalone Black Widow movie? Uh, I think it'll be cool. I, I think they, sh they should have done it a little sooner, I think. Because um, uh, Scarlett Johansson's been around since Iron Man 2. So it would have been cool to get it. We've gotten teases of it in the past. Um, 
But nonetheless, I think uh, keep Scarlett Johansson around. It's another MCU movie. It's going to introduce some more characters. So, yeah, I'm for it. And one of the things that I talked about in one of the early episodes is, you know, it'd be great to see if uh, the MCU pivots a little bit with, you know, some of the things that they do. And uh, we know that Steve Rogers, Captain America, probably won't continue after Endgame. So who takes up the mantle? And then traditionally in the comic books, you've seen Bucky Barnes, the Winter Soldier, take it up or um, Sam um, blanket on Sam Wilson, the Falcon, take it up. It'd be kind of cool little twist if uh, Black Widow took up the Captain America mantle for me personally. Yeah, that would be pretty cool, actually. Good twist. And they could check it up. It's their own universe. Um, They'll get you'll get a lot of fan blowback, just like in Captain Marvel. But, uh, you know, you got to keep them on their toes. You got to keep them um, guessing. And I think it'd be a, a good pivot for them. Right. I can't wait. I'm super excited. And I think, yeah, the the more stories we get out of these characters, whether she needs her own movie or whether it be a limited series like uh, Hawkeye we talked about earlier in the episode, I'm, I'm all for it. If it's Marvel, I'm down with it. Yep. They, they haven't let us down yet. Not that I can think of even going back and rewatching them. I, I'm not disappointed. So, <laughs> uh, Speaking of being let down, moving on to our next story is, uh, you know, at the end of this year, we're getting Star Wars Episode Nine. Don't sue me. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> we are hoping for maybe the first trailer for Episode Nine uh, with the, um, uh, what's it called, Star Wars uh, Celebration, which is going to be this weekend. And uh, it'd be nice to see a, a trailer for it. But we know that J.J. Abrams came in to take up the directing duties again after people weren't really happy with Ryan Johnson's uh, Last Jedi. And uh, one of the things that people really complained about was J.J. Abrams in The Force Awakens had set up this big reveal of who Ray's parents were going to be. You know, you had this feeling that they were somebody big, somebody important. And then Ryan Johnson came in and, you know, basically pissed all over that idea, saying that Ray's parents were nobodies and, and you know, there's there's no secret behind it. And uh, it looks like J.J. is coming in and uh, retconning it. So basically saying that they're taking that back. And uh, Ryan Johnson has come out and said that uh, basically he's OK with the idea of uh, J.J. shifting that focus. Just makes me think they should have not had Rain Johnson even do the second one. They should have just said, you look, you can go do the, your trilogy with your little Mary Poppins kids at the end, you know, and then, uh, oh, Joel, oh, God, the, the force is with me. I can move a boom. Oh, you're going to take that crap. I, it would just been great if it was just J.J. Abrams one through three. Right. His vision, well, his story has been good. Well, and a couple things is, you know, J.J. Abrams left to do the Star Trek franchise um, and that they were sort of going with the initial thought of what George, George Lucas wanted to do with the original films was each director take on a, a, a different aspect of it and, you know, put their own little touch to it. But uh, I think enough people were upset with Ryan Johnson's take that they're like, mm, we got to get J.J. back in. Yeah. I wish they would have done. I wish they would have done it because I mean they, they have to really tie it together. I didn't think that the Last Jedi was bad. I no. 
Um, but people shit on anything. Like, there's too much hardcore fan. You know, be a fan, enjoy the product. Um, I get it wasn't the best of them all, but it, I didn't think it was the worst. Right. And I feel bad for these filmmakers sometimes that, uh, you know, they have to compete with this expectation from the fans that if you get one little thing wrong, you're never going to hear the end of it. Yeah. When it's funny because you got people that just bitch on the other side, whether it's podcast interviews, um, you know, social media, they come out and just bash. It's like, well, do you think you could have done better with that? You know, and everything's always hindsight, you know, like what would you have done in the moment to write the story? You sure you saw what came out, but could you actually, you know, like in the moment say, yeah, you're going to write this movie. How are you going to do it? And in your mind, you might be like, yep, that's the right way. And then there's going to be like five million other people that say your version sucks. So yeah. that's well, just the way of life. You just got to shut out the uh, things, you know. Even with a franchise this big, you know, it's all decision by committee. And so it's one of those things like uh, with the Han Solo movie, you know, they had Chris uh, Miller and Phil Lord come in to direct it. And they wanted to make it so much of a wacky comedy that uh, Lucasfilm, uh, Kathleen Kennedy came in, ended up firing them and brought in Ron Howard to try and make things cohesive to the committee view on what Star Wars should be. Right. So, I mean, I'm excited. I, I, I'm, I'm really curious what the title is going to be. I really hope we get a trailer. Um, I am not going to be disappointed if we don't get a trailer this week. I like I was telling you before we did the shoe, before we started recording the show, before we did the shoe, before we did the shoe, Christian, the gold voice. <laughs> um, I I think like that be the last trailer right before you watch Endgame. I think you go, like, whoa, we saw that. And if you saw my face, that that's the face I'm looking at. <laughs> like the excitement face. So I'd be OK with that as well. Yeah. So uh, speaking of Star Wars and moving on to video game news, and uh, unlike the last couple of weeks, we only have a little bit of video game news, but... Uh, um, oh, yeah. Well, I apologize. I went back and listened to uh, uh, our episode last week. We, if you God, listen we were to it, so tired. oh my gosh, like we are not, we are going to promise you, the fans, we are going to do our damnedest not to do a late night episode that was tough and you can tell it back in our voices they i've listened to it this morning and uh it sounded like we were uh, literally like an old school walkman or discman and it was like the battery was dying it was like you know i used to play mike tyson's bunch out it wasn't that bad but it, you know so if you're wondering we got more pep in our step today it's a nice afternoon well it's a blizzard here in denver colorado but from 80 degrees yesterday to a freaking blizzard today yeah. um yeah. yeah but uh nonetheless it's a nice uh nice peppier voices today it is it is yeah so uh a much more fun light-hearted show not as much tired yawning uh, yeah that you got with the last one yeah. so i i like these midday recordings and yeah actually i think it's probably good we didn't get a youtube version of last week's so it would have been pretty <laughs> quick, i think so i agree I yeah agree. All right, uh, so sticking with Star Wars, talking about video games, is we know that uh, Disney is putting an effort back into uh, the Star Wars video games. And, you know, we had a, a great run for a while. Uh, they took that focus off a little bit. You know, over the last couple of years, we got Battlefront and Battlefront 2, which were great. Uh, but now we're going to start seeing a lot more, uh, perhaps a uh, Knights of the Old Republic continuation. But uh, we just got a tease yesterday 
of a new game from EA called Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And uh, Tony will post it up on our um, website, but uh, there's a little teaser video. Um, doesn't give you a whole lot. It's said to be set shortly after the um, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. And as we mentioned, uh, the Star Wars celebration is going to be this upcoming wet, uh, Saturday, uh, April 13th. And I would expect that uh, we'll get probably a bigger trailer, see a little bit more of the game footage for this, uh, along with hopefully a Episode Nine trailer and possibly even a trailer for the Disney Plus series, The Mandalorian. Yeah, I think that those will be great things. I hope they all come to fruition. Um, on this game, they're going back to you know action based. They're getting out of the shootums because unfortunately, as beautiful as Battlefront One and Two were, the online support and everything behind it just wasn't there. I don't know what it was, but you know people shit on the game, and it was graphically. I mean, it was fantastic, but I I definitely get the qualms and. I'm a little pissed that I paid 60 bucks for the game, and then a year later I got it on clearance for $5 on digital. Ouch. A little pissed. <laughs> but uh, if you pick it up for 5 bucks, it's hella worth it for 5 bucks. It was not oh, worth yeah. the price. But, yeah. uh, you know, and EA worries me, though, man. EA, they rush their games. They don't really, they're like Activision, man. They don't really right. – I'm fingers crossed. I'm not going to crap on it because I'm excited about it. It's a new Star Wars game. It's again, a new story behind it, and like you said, it takes place between episodes three and four. Um, I, I think it's going to be a good game, man. I can't wait to see some graphics on it, because now that Disney wants to focus back on their video game markets, you know, give your IPs also. Let Capcom start making your games again. Like, re-release somehow X-Men uh, Age of Apocalypse, the or the one that was on uh, Super Nintendo. That was a great game, or the Genesis version. We talked last week with the Sega Mini. Um, now that you have the rights, you know, I'd like to get... Maybe this generation wants to play uh, Lion King or Aladdin. Both yeah. were great games back in the day, so we, we'll see. No, this My, is Star Wars talk, but I'm trying to yeah. cram video game news. <laughs> I really don't have any video game news today for you. Well, my hope with this is that uh, they do something similar to the Force Unleashed games. Oh, they uh, were fantastic. Those were fun games, original stories, third-person uh, play where, you know, you played this conflicted Jedi. Um, you know, obviously he was originally started on the dark side, but uh, great games, great graphics for the time. Uh, the developer graphics. <laughs> Made me the... think of Freddy from Freddy's Dead there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> The developer for Jedi Fallen Order, even though it's being released by EA, is actually Respawn. And uh, if you don't recognize the name, they did Titanfall and Titanfall 2, which um, were were really fun games. They looked fantastic. They were multiplayer-only games, so that worries me a little bit about uh, this one. But uh, I hopefully we'll see more on Saturday. Yeah, it... It should be uh, exciting. I, I can't wait. So um, I think it's going to be good. I was, I was trying to give us uh, last-minute stuff. Um, if you're watching the YouTube and I'm looking down, I was trying to scroll for uh, last-minute other video game news. I know we have uh, Mortal Kombat's out in a few weeks. We'll have a review on that. Uh, I did pre-order it because you can get Shao Kahn if you pre-order. So Cool. Yeah, that's my first video game I've bought in a while. Cause I made, I did buy King, what, Kingdom Hearts three back in uh -huh. February, because I was like, oh, it looks great. Guess how many times I've played it? 
once. Yeah, one time. <laughs> well, I don't know. It sucks. I'm so disappointed. Like, um, I I would love to dedicate more time to video games, but um, like you, I'm busy. I work full time job. I drive far to my job. Do our podcast together and other you know other ventures you know and i like to go see movies so um yeah so a lot on the plate that's okay you know, yes from, but from... but i tend at least mortal kombat's a fighting game where you can take it on the go i mean it recommends right. that i'll be getting it for the xbox but i'm half tempted i, I don't know why i didn't get it for the switch because switch is portable take it on the go you could probably get more gaming in although i don't take my switch anywhere because i'm I'm like, oh, I don't want to lose it. <laughs> yeah, I get kind of spacey sometimes. So right, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure they make, uh, you know, protective cases for them and all kinds of things. I don't know if you remember, like, I had a Game Boy that was outfitted with everything. It had like the l- lighted magnifying glass and the the cover and you know all that fun stuff back in the day. Oh yeah, yeah, they do. And I've taken it on the go once, and I was all paranoid, you know. Yeah, kind, of, right. kind of a weird dude. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that does it for this week's episode. As always, follow us on our social media. We're on Facebook, Proton Pack Podcast, on Instagram, at Proton Pack Podcast. Keep subscribing, keep listening, keep downloading, share it with your friends. Uh, we love to see the feedback. So anytime you guys uh, have something to say, something you want to uh, um get us up on, or, um, you know, maybe we made a mistake and said something wrong in the middle of the show. It's been known to happen. Let us know as well. And yeah. And so we'll, we'll keep them coming. We're working towards next week's episode and to take us out as we do each and every week. Let's see if Tony's got some last words of wisdom. Uh, the last words of wisdoms today. Um, I really actually don't. So, uh, I didn't have anything ready this week. Can you do a Yoda? I've never heard your Yoda impression. Hmm. To listen is good. Wise is divine. Pizza is yummy. Mm. That was really dumb, actually. <laughs>